know that that was one of my favorite songs. Thank you to the crack staff here at The Answer San Diego. Here at The uh, at the Answer. Love you guys here so much. That just got me in a good mood. I was thinking it's the... Yeah! I was just thinking uh, about that, the scene going on. That, of course, from uh, one of the Rocky movies and the boxing. And as uh, we were... that The little sound effects there. Yeah, the, Rocky Four, baby. Uh, Rocky Four. The little sound effects of the punches. I was thinking, yeah, that food poisoning <laughs> kind of packed a punch on me yesterday. Um, but I'm down, but I am not out. Nobody can, nobody can call me out, right? What? It, uh, there's no, there's no, techni- no TKO with no- food poisoning Andrea ever. That's right, baby. That, that food poisoning it has me down, but I'm back up on my feet. I am not streaming live though on uh, Facebook. I'll be back to do that. I still look like 10 miles of uh, bad road. So uh, I, I, I'm almost back to being uh, on camera. In fact, I will be on Newsmax tomorrow morning, eight to 9 a.m. So please join me there. Okay, um, breaking news. I'm glad that I'm able to, to fill up to coming in tonight and being on with you guys because we got breaking news out of D.C. regarding um, the shots and, and COVID and breaking news right before we went live here from uh, Governor Gavin Newsom here in the state of California. So we got breaking news to cover there. We've also got some breaking news in, in, in regards to this Kim Potter trial. She is the woman, 26-year veteran who is has been charged with two different two different uh, manslaughter charges in the shooting of uh, Dante Wright I believe was his name and that's interesting breaking news on that uh, trial today and all eyes are on that because we're we we're we're really seeing and as we've talked about here many times we're seeing how the courts are being used to push the left's agenda and this is in, in they didn't get their way with the Rittenhouse trial uh, for sure. So we'll see if they get the outcome that they're looking for there. We've got Amy Reichert from Reopen San Diego is going to be with us after the first break. She's been leading a movement. She's continued her movement since she started it last year. Never back down. Never back down. She is one of the most successful grassroots organizers I've ever seen in my life here in San Diego. And she did not back down just because anybody was thinking, oh, the lockdowns, businesses are reopened. What's Amy Reichert from Reopen San Diego to have to care about anymore? Well, just as we've been saying for a year and a half, the 14 days to flatten the curve was never going to ever officially go away. We were always going to be under the thumb of the government in one way or another. That was that was the intended goal. They got their way with that. So the continued tyranny is 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 in place. And Amy has been leading a movement pushing back against the latest which was California's mask mandates across the country. So she actually has, I think, upwards of 100 businesses in San Diego County that says they've committed to not discriminating against customers for masks or shots. And so she's going to be here to update you guys on what her movement's, what her movement's about, uh, how you can get involved. Because when we've got, how long have we been saying, before I bring in my man here, this is a question for him. A while back on the show, we were saying, you know, it is not enough just to come on every night and give our opinion. It's not enough to just come on and just rant and rave or whatever. We've got to then take that inspiration. We've got to take that that and, and turn it into a drive and take action. And when you see somebody like Amy who's done that and on top of and, and she's done it for free. She's a volunteer. She's decided to get active and she's had success in doing it. It should motivate all of us to get active. So I can't wait to have her on here. And we do our form of activism every night here on the show. And um, we actually have paid in some ways personal price for that. 
Um, but we're going to continue, and I'm actually going to get out and do more once I get over my food poisoning and help support Amy and other people out in the streets because that's what we've got to do. And the man who joins me every night in our own little protest party here is my man, DJ Potato Skins. I have my veto pen drawn and ready, and I have only one thing to say. Go ahead. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. Two things. First of all, I'm going to hear be a lot more of those Reagan sound bites in my little intros because that's what true conservatism looks like. Mm. And number two, so what... You said you had a question for me. What's your question? Um, I don't even remember now. The food poisoning. I've got I've got food poisoning brain. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I have to rethink. What was I talking about? <laughs> um, I think it was a. I think it was a question about activism. Is basically you agree? Yeah, with yeah, me yeah. You have to get, get out there. You can't just. You know, it's one thing to come out on the radio each and every day and talk about it, and that's great. And listeners can call in. But unless you actually get out there and do something about it, nothing's going to change. Right. And we we do have our own little activist. Part. Oh, I was going to ask about paying a price, whether or not you've you've paid any kind of price for being active and being conservative on anything. Has there been a fan? We're going into the holidays. I'm already hearing from people that are telling me I was uninvited to a, to a party uh, by a family member because I'm not, quote, fully vaxxed. Uh, the A-C-K-E-S. I, I don't know if you've, yeah. if you've uh, faced that. Not for the holidays, but I did reconnect with an old friend uh, several months ago. And before we even got into vaccines, they were, oh, very happy to reconnect. I've missed you. Let's get together. Oh, yeah, this is great. Then they asked, hey, have you been vaccinated? And uh, I gave my answer. And we all know where I stand. And they're just like, uh, then I don't think we can meet. Right. Well, here's the thing. I don't know about that individual, but as of right now in the state of California, if they're a healthcare worker, they're no longer considered vaxxed. Yeah, that definition is changing. It, it, and it will always change, just like the goalpost changed, just like it was supposed to be 14 days to flatten the curve. Then it was supposed to be you don't need to wear a mask, and then it was you got to wear a mask, and it was you got a double mask, right? And then it was we, we'll, we'll let everybody back when we, when we finally get to the shots, because you know what? The shots will work. You will not get COVID. And when, and, and when we reach 70% of people having gotten shots, we will have herd immunity, and you'll only need one shot. And now there is no such thing as herd immunity ever coming our way. Um, we know that we've, we've uh, 14 days to flatten the curve was was a lie. We've got mask mandates even for people that have gotten the shot. And now that the definition of vaccination has changed from preventing you from getting something, of preventing you from getting a certain disease to um, preventing, I can't, the language they changed it to was uh, um, uh, aiding you in trying to prevent you from getting something. And now um, you, in the state of California, if you're a healthcare worker, and Gavin Newsom, he would be mandating this to everybody if he could get away with it. Um, you now have to have a booster shot to be considered vaxxed. And all this, and I printed you out a story today. We'll talk about it a little bit later about somebody that died from Omicron, but they really don't focus on what they should be focusing on. Well, because they died, this was, we've got one uh, death in Texas that was related to Omicron. Related to Omicron. That means this person did not die from Omicron. This person had underlying conditions. This, I don't, this person was in his 50s and he had comorbidities. It was just like the other people died from every other variant. You know, this is, with this thing started on the basis of a lie that everybody had an equal chance of getting it and everybody had an equal chance of dying from it on the basis of what was happening in Italy, right? That was really what started all this modeling and America needs to shut down. And what was happening in Italy? A bunch of 80-something-year-old chain smokers with comorbidities 
already with the flu in a hospital system that never had enough beds because they don't have our hospital system here. So they were dying. And that's exactly my point. You always hear and they might even mention it, but then they skirt over it and just say, well, oh, you know, you know, we told you, you know, you you need to get vaccinated or or this is going to happen to you. No, he had comorbidities. That's the whole point. Yeah, just like um, uh, attributing deaths. I mean, I saw a conservative who I love today using the term 850,000 people died from covid. The 850,000 people in America did not die from COVID. We know a certain percentage died from th- we they, they weren't even testing many of the deaths in hospitals. They were being paid to to label things as COVID deaths without even testing people. We know that there were people who died in motorcycle accidents, falling off of ladders, died from cancer that happened to test positive from COVID. I don't know the actual number of people who actually died from COVID in this country. Some people say it was around really 150,000 to 200,000 actually died from COVID, right? And even then, we know that these therapeutics that Trump did not talk about, this is why he was in trouble today, because he did, he brushed over, he spent all of his time trying to pat himself on the back to push these shots on people that he went so far as to lie and say 100 million people would have died, but for these shots. And he brushed right over any of the known treatments that if they get early on, stops them from ever even getting a serious illness, and let alone go into the hospital. Then when they go to the hospital, the hospitals are compensated for you to be put on a ventilator and compensated by Fauci to have you put on remdesivir. We are killing people. There's this big story out today that Jesse Waters, when he was at America Fest in Arizona yesterday at the Turning Point, that uh, uh, Turning Point's America Fest yesterday, that he said on stage, he was talking about how to go after Fauci. And he said, you ambush him. He used the word ambush. You ambush Fauci. And then you ask him this question about, and here's the kill shot, Jesse Waters says. Uh, the kill shot is you go, Fauci, did you fund the gain of function in Wuhan? Boom, he's out. And immediately the left is so similar to the Charlemagne the God story because immediately the left is going crazy. Fauci is calling for Waters to be fired on the spot because he used this incendiary language. And it was so dumb on Jesse Waters' part because he he provided them uh, something that they could use against him to gloss over their real truth. You want to really ambush Fauci? and knock him out for good, you call him out to his face, which Rand Paul and others still have not done. All they want to do is yammer on about Wuhan. Uh, and, and, and instead of, he wanna, you want to really take him out, you look him in the face and you accuse him of killing hundreds of thousands of Americans by intentionally denying them treatments that would have not only saved their lives from dying from COVID, but it would have kept them at home, never, never even getting serious at all. And it's proven that these therapeutics, Andrea, that they would have used ivermectin would have saved lives. It's a proven treatment. It's absolutely proven. Ivermectin with uh, ivermectin and or hydroxychloroquine combined with budesonide, um, zinc, uh, vitamin D. You here's how you can know that Fauci wanted. And and today we're going to get into we're going to take a break in a moment. We're going to bring in Amy Reichert. We're going to talk about some of Biden's announcements today. But, you know. 
You, you, here's how you can know that none of this was ever about your health. A hundred, a hundred percent. I'm starting to repeat myself every night, but good grief. This is the story of the day. I hate that I'm having to repeat myself, but we've got Americans that are actually believing this nonsense that actually think that Fauci is a good guy that cares about your health. Here's how you can know he doesn't care about your health. Have you ever heard Fauci talk about vitamin D? Not once. Have you ever heard Fauci talk about natural immunity? Not once. Biden announced today he's going to send out his mail, his, uh, his direct mail campaign. He's going to send out five. 500 million test kits to people's homes. Not one of them is going to allow you to test for natural immunity. And this on the heels of the FDA just a couple of weeks ago announcing that they've recalled over 2 million at-home testing kits because of the false positives taking place. And we also know, according to the CDC website, that these tests test for all kinds of viruses, uh, including but not excluded to COVID-19. So anybody sitting at home, this is why they want, this is why they push the testing, 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 and Trump fell for it. Testing, we got to get tested, tested, tested. Why? Why does a healthy person need to be tested? They don't. Because they want this case count to be high. Because if they can get the case count high again and get you thinking that case count equals casket, you're going to be going, you're going to be out there with your arm out to get jabbed. You're going to be shoving your five-year-old in that seat to get jabbed. It's outrageous. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in Amy Reichert. The Andrea K. Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. A.K., dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Before the break, I was telling y'all, I hate repeating myself every night. I just feel like it's so tired. I'm having to come here and say the same stuff over and over. But you know what? I'm never going to give up because what's happening here is the choice between liberty and communism. And the left is not going to give up. They, They're not going to give up. And I think we need to repeat ourselves. Well, I, I guess I'm going to have to because I'm going to continue to fight to the end. This is the hill that I am willing to die on. And because the left is, 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 is in battle. They're battling against us, and they, they, they decided from day one, even though Trump, I think, didn't realize this is what was going on. But they, day one, they saw an opportunity to seize upon this in order to implement their communist schemes, and it is not going to end. And as long as it continues, I'm not going to end. And you know who else is out there who's fighting for you every day as a volunteer, not getting a penny from it, is Amy Reichert in San Diego from Reopen San Diego, and he, she joins me now. Hello, my dear. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me on, and I love your spirit. Thank you. We got we. This has to be the hill that we die on because if we're willing to accept these mandates, and then they've got complete control over our life. I don't know if you've heard. You're on top of everything, so you probably heard this already. The Gavin Newsom announced that mandating boosters now for healthcare workers. It's never going to end unless we end it, right, Amy? Never ending boosters, and now the vaccinated are now considered the unvaccinated. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then and, and in order to get everybody to comply in full compliance, we uh, reported yesterday that Boston has announced that nobody who hasn't uh, who can't produce. And I'm not sure what their qualifications, how many boosters in order to be considered fully vaxxed V-A-C-K-E-S is uh, my definition of vaxxed. I, I don't know what that is required by Boston, but now if you can't prove according to their requirements that you've gotten the shot, five and up, I believe it is, you can't go into a restaurant, you can't go into any indoor um, activity center, gym, you know, entertainment, et cetera, et cetera. And then Chicago announced the same thing today. So the push is on to try to force us 
to comply. And not everybody is complying. I saw today that you are working with Reopen San Diego. Y'all are working on amassing a a growing list of businesses that are saying, we're not going to participate in this. We are not going to discriminate against our customers uh, regarding masks or the shots. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, so we actually saw the writing on the wall months ago when Mayor Todd Gloria for San Diego actually tweeted that he would award a mayoral proclamation to the first business that would require a vaccine passport. He was actually going to give them an award. Wow. So, you know, we had a lot of emotions about that. And I had just met Marjorie Taylor Greene, and she said something really profound. She goes, you know what? We need to stop going on the defensive, and we need to start going on the offensive. Mm -hmm. So, you know what we decided to do? We decided to have our own proclamation. And right now we have over 200 businesses who have declared that they will not discriminate against patrons based on vaccination status. And now, of course, with the latest mass memo from Newsom, they won't discriminate based on face coverings. And we have these posters that businesses across the county have been displaying. And I got to tell you, the momentum is growing and we're pushing back against this agenda. This is what we have to do. We absolutely have to do this. And I think that I think just and, and we'd have to make sure that everybody knows about this. I know that you do a lot of media here in San Diego. That's wonderful. I would love to actually see you be on some national uh, on some national shows to help get the word out so that other people can can piggyback off of your efforts and like replicate this around the country, because this is really what we need, because when you have hundreds of businesses saying, no, we're not going to do this, then um, it makes it harder. It doesn't mean that the left won't try. It doesn't mean that you won't have a Gloria try um, or, you know, some other mayor across the country, but it makes it a whole lot harder for them. Because I I said, um, Amy, when Newsom came out with this latest mask mandate or his his galley dude, his health minister came out with this, I it, but then they didn't, with this mandate for masks across the state, but then they didn't declare how they were going to enforce it. And I said, I wonder if this just isn't going into 2022, which is a critical election year for the midterms. I wonder if this isn't just them taking the temperature to see Hmm, how submissive are the citizens now? We know that this has been about mm-hmm. conditioning us to submit from the beginning. I think they were testing us, and, and, and I think it's really important that we make sure that people know the places that are not enforcing this, the businesses that are taking an even stronger stand and putting signs on their windows that are saying, we are not going to, dis- to discriminate. I think that this is, this is a good sign for us, and we need to make sure that the elected officials know that this is happening. Oh, absolutely. And I just want to give a, a couple of businesses a shout out, like Junction 52 Bar and Grill. They've got one of our signs up. Hardcore Fitness in El Cajon. Pops, Tattoos, thank you. Carnitas Oropan Mexican Family Restaurant, mm-hmm. San Diego Bay Adventures. I mean, seriously, the Silver Fox Bar, <gasps> all right, in PB. Love it. So we have businesses from all over the county that are all diverse and all standing up and saying no. And I just want to like, kind of like go into what you were saying about them taking our temperature. I agree a thousand percent. And I believe it's even more sinister than we can imagine. I believe that they returned the mask memo because the state wants to roll out statewide vaccine passports for businesses. They already told us last year that they had that system and it would be available to businesses. It was reported in the San Diego Union Tribune. 
So what sounded like a conspiracy theory just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. is now reality. And so we have to say no, no to vaccine passports in, in San Diego County and in the United States. It's just un-American. Well, it is. And um, it, it, it's it, it's complete and utter tyranny. And it does because it won't stop there. Um, I, you know, we don't have time to get into all the implications of it, but it's about ultimately the game is this through this. They can get us all um, under the technocracy world where we are part of a collective. Everything about our lives is now digital because it's going to go to where this passport is not going to be on paper. It's going to be required on your phone. Um, then we're going to have a social credit score. Um, you're, they're going to you, it's going to be kind of like what's happening in China. It's all going to be combined. We're going to have a cashless society. So you won't be able to maneuver in your life without proving that you have submitted to whatever the government's latest dictate is over your life. Ronald Reagan said in 1964 that the way that socialism would get in over on our country would be through our health care system. They didn't really achieve mm-hmm. it with Obamacare, but they, but COVID gave them the way to do it. And that's why this is so important. Even for people out there who don't have a concern about these shots from a health standpoint, they don't believe the VAERS reports about people dying, or they think it's the same thing as some other shot you were forced to take as a kid this has nothing here's how you need to look at it people this has think of it as this it has absolutely nothing to do with anything related to health nothing it's not about that it's about control right so that's how you have to think about it forget your thoughts on vaccinations and whether or not they were a good thing when you were a kid this isn't about that this is about ultimately particularly christians out there this isn't the mark of the beast but amy record i believe it's the precursor for that because you look at what's happening, it sure, it right? It sure feels like it. I definitely got the feels about this. And I, I want to give some, we are not giving up. We are not surrendering. There was actually some good news. Let them breathe. Let them choose. Got a judge in San Diego to strike down the San Diego Unified School District vaccine mandate for students, saying that what they did was illegal because they out, they acted outside of what the legislature said. So that applies statewide. So for now, that is on pause. And then I also want to add really quickly, Reopen San Diego sent a seven-page legal demand letter last week to the city attorney, the mayor, and the San Diego City Council to say that we are going to sue you over your vaccine mandates because they passed an ordinance and I'm sure you heard about this, Andrea, that you need to be vaccinated to hold elected office in the city of San Diego. I didn't and hear they voted for it. I, I, I'm so glad you told me about that because I knew it was up for a vote. I didn't know they had voted for it, that you had that you're not even allowed to run for office if you haven't gotten the shot. Let that sink in, America. <laughs> yep, yep. Wow. Um, and, so you, we are, and, we've, and we've got great attorneys, the same attorneys that just had that victory yesterday in court are our attorneys. So, you know what? Uh, we're not we're not playing. They just think we're just a bunch of moms that are really well organized at organizing rallies. Mm-hmm. No, uh, we are leaders and we are fighting back and we're going to take back America. How can we work with you? How can people listening right now help you out and become a part of your movement? Oh my gosh, you know what? It would just be so awesome. If you're listening right now, if you would go to our website, reopensd.org, we put out an email newsletter. We have 
stories and events and calls to action about how to get involved. It's just so easy. You can actually find our proclamation against discrimination with the list of 200 businesses. You know what? Vote with your dollar. If you don't like what's going on right now in California, support freedom-loving businesses. There's everybody from nail salons to hair salons to dentists that are freedom-loving, grocery stores, restaurants, you name it. You can find it on our website. So that's reopensd.org. And thank you so much, Andrea. You're just amazing and so supportive. Well, thank you for all you do. You are literally, you are my nominee for Hero of the Week. I'm just going to say it right now. Oh. Thank you so much, girl. And by the way, you look amazing. Hat tip on um, on you getting fit in the middle of all this. So I wanted to I tell you, you're an inspiration. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Have you a good night, so honey. All right, now stay tuned. Thanks. Uh, We're going to shift gears. I'm going to tell you a little update on this Kim Potter trial. I find it very interesting, kind of what's happening in our court system. And I don't think the left is going to be particularly happy about it. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea Kay Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I don't know if you guys happen to see it, but Kyle Rittenhouse uh, was at the uh, Turning Point America Fest event yesterday. And the standing ovation, he, it, they did pyrotechnics. I mean, it was like he was a rock star, man. It was amazing to see Well-deserved. Very well-deserved. I guess I didn't see the speech, but I guess he said that there's some news agencies that might be... Uh, Looking at uh, facing some lawsuits soon, and um, I hope that 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 actually happens. I I'd, hope so. Yeah, I'd seen an interview with Glenn Beck, in which um, he said Glenn Beck was asking him about it, and he said that their first course of business right now was he was in the process of suing Lynn Wood and I think Jack or John Pierce, his original attorneys, for what they had done to him. And then and Glenn Beck was like, look, you need to sue the media. I will help you raise the funds if that's what's needed, because we have to have this because we have got to. It's a way uh, you look at the convergence of, of how the the communist and the Democrats and they own the media, they own our schools, they own um, the entertainment industry. Uh, you've got Facebook that was forced to admit the other day that their fact checkers are not fact checkers, their opinions, and they've been suppressing the truth about COVID. This is why we've got so many people believing anybody can, can, can get it and anybody equally can die from it because most people, a lot of people never saw the truth about this. Right. And so we've got to, if there's, if we've got to fight fire with fire, we've got, if there's one thing that, that may work in order to push back against the propaganda and the lies coming out of the communist party's mouthpieces, it's to put the hurt on them financially. Uh, NBC settled with Nick Sandman. Uh, CNN had settled with Nick Sandman for, I believe, hundreds of millions of dollars. And now NBC did. You start putting the hurt on people financially, these media outlets, and they're going to start being more careful. Some of them might not have a choice. Right. Right. I mean, you look at you look at the power that Dominion had uh, in, in suing Newsmax and One America News. Uh, you know, I've never asked about anything election related when I'm on One America. But Newsmax, man, they you know, they are scared to death. To say anything is clear, and and I am not necessarily say I blame them. I mean, you know, they they were looking at hundreds of millions of dollars, so they pulled their you know they pulled their election stories, and you know uh, you know this is this is capitalism, right? I mean, you you hurt a business financially, and 
if they're a profit business and you take all their profits away, they're not going to be able to stay in business. That needs to happen to these corporate media outlets. Well, and everywhere, because it's entrenched pretty much in any area of every, excuse me, area of our lives, Andrea. Right. I mean, this is why going back for years, I remember back after in 2012, after Candy Crowley um, planted evidence at the crime scene. For those of you who remember that debate with Mitt Romney, where she joined in and gosh, it was horrific. Yeah. She propped up Obama's lie. I had Ron Nearing on my show and he was at that point, I think he was president emeritus of the Republican party. And I said, what are we going to do about this problem? We got in the media. We don't have a problem with the media. He said, we don't have a problem. Really? Does anybody think that was accurate in 2012? You look at the state, the fact that the Republican Party ignored everything that was going on and continue to have hacks like Chris Wallace doing debates, right? But anyway, um, back to uh, my point, as Snoop Dogg would say, back to the lecture at hand. (laughs) Back to the court case that I wanted to tell you about. Although uh, I I do hope that uh, a lot of people pay a price personally. And I think that uh, before I move on, Rittenhouse needs to sue Joe Biden just to prove a point. Sure. Um, so there is the Kim, Kim Porter, Kim Potter. She's the 26 uh, veteran of 26 years who mistakenly, she thought she had pulled her taser on um, when Dante Wright, I believe his name is, was uh, he had tried to, to escape. He was resisting arrest. She thought she had pulled her Dante Wright. She thought she had pulled her taser and um, mistakenly pulled her gun and killed Dante Wright. And she is on trial for multiple cases, multiple charges, of which I don't understand. I don't know how you can be charged with two different types of manslaughter when you when you pull the trigger once. I don't understand that. It seems as though they're desperately trying to get her on something, right? Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's much logic with that. Right. Um, so um, she broke down on the stand and cried and weeped. And you could tell that it was absolutely honest. They played videotape of her crumbling to the ground after she shot him, just weeping hysterically over the fact that she had shot this young man. And, and I also think that, and on top of that, we actually had some defense attorneys who actually had the guts to say in the trial that Dante Wright was responsible for his own death because he resisted arrest. We needed to hear that. Did we hear that in the, did we hear that in the, in the, um, the George Floyd case? Did the, did the attorney representing, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy who got found guilty. Why am I blanking on that? Google that for me, please, so that we um, the can't remember his name. The George Floyd case. We did not hear the defense attorneys bringing up the obvious, the truth, that resisting arrest. Forced, Derek Chauvin. Uh, Derek Chauvin. Derek Chauvin. That resisting arrest. If you submit calmly to the police and you allow them to put the cuffs on you and you're not resisting arrest and trying to flee and trying to get away, just like the the, the kid that was shot in the back. And uh, was paralyzed from the waist down. He was resisting arrest. He was he, he was reaching for a weapon. I think this is something we also repeat ourselves on on the on the Andrea K show over and over again. Right. I mean, name me one person. Name me one young man who was shot by police in the course of resisting arrest that wasn't resisting arrest. Name me one man. Uh, and and there, I'm sure there have been. I I mean, I think I, I think I saw a case of of a young black man in Georgia. No, the, those weren't cops, by the way. Even the, the young black man at the Wendy's in was grabbed a taser from the cop and was running away trying to tase him. Pick show me one young black man, Michael Brown, all of them. They are all resisting arrest. 
in one way, shape, or form, if not trying to get the weapon away from the police officer. In this case, this young man was resisting arrest. So hat tip to the defense attorney for saying what others have been too afraid to say in the midst of defending a police officer doing their job. This woman made a horrific mistake in the, cor- in the course of trying to, trying to subdue a young man who was resisting arrest. She made a mistake. This is not murder. This is not murder. Yeah, what are you always told, Andrea? It's what we always preach here on the show. Whether you're innocent or you're guilty, when you're in an altercation like that with a cop and the cop says, you know, whatever, get on your knees, he tells you basically, okay, you know, we're arresting you. You let him do his job and you take it up on the other side. Right. And if the Al Sharptons of the world actually cared about these young black men, that's men, they would be telling him, look, don't resist arrest. No, don't put your don't put your life on the line, because if you resist arrest and particularly if you take action that's violent against a police officer like Michael Brown or the the young man outside the Wendy's, they have the right to pull the trigger. And if and if they've done anything untoward to you, we with Jesse Jackson Jr. and Al Sharpton, the rest of them, we will come in and we will defend you vigorously. Do not put your life on the line, especially if they actually believed the cops were out there. Just roaming around all day long looking for a black person to shoot. And that's what they're trying to do here. That's what this case is about. Just like the, oh, that's the narrative they're trying to push. That's the narrative they're trying to push. This is what Obama was trying to push when he took office initially and said the Boston police acted stupidly. If I had a son, he would be Trayvon Martin, right? They've been pushing this false narrative. They continue to push the lie of hands up, don't shoot about Michael Brown. Here's the good news, as I see coming out of this trial. I think that I, I, we one of the things that made that helped us to feel better about the fact that the narrative had not been completely ingrained into society that we're systemically racist and all white people and white men with guns and the you know uh, were out to kill black people and they actually acquitted on the basis of the evidence. Kyle Rittenhouse. Here, what happened with the jury today in the Kim Potter case is uh, the jury. Um, Read uh, The judge read the jury's question to the court, quote, if a jury cannot reach consensus, what is the guidance around how long and what steps should be taken? So the judge's response was reading a part of the jury instructions that said, you should decide the case for yourself, but only after you have been you have discussed the case with your fellow jurors and have carefully considered their views. You should not hesitate to reexamine your views and change your opinion If you become convinced they are erroneous, but you should not surrender your honest opinion simply because other jurors disagree or merely merely to reach a verdict. In other words, you guys should be chatting. You should be carefully considering each other's views and you should be willing to change your vote and your view. If you now believe based upon somebody else's view or somebody else's understanding of what's going on, you should be willing to change your view if it's an honest change, not to just reach a verdict and not to please somebody else in the room, right? To me, that's the way it should be. That's the way it's always supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. So of course, the prosecutors in this case were upset. They didn't want her to read the jury instructions because it's too just focused on the jury instructions. And doesn't that tell you, Ultimately, what this is about, just like all the other uh, cases, this is about somebody being guilty until no chance of being proven innocent, because this is about trying to trying to put all of America and in this case, all police officers on trial as being systemically racist. And um, and 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 I think that this jury seems to be deadlocked. We'll see if they come back. I love what you just said, because it's really true. This is about trying to change the narrative to where each and every one of us is up on that stand. Yeah. We were all Kyle Rittenhouse. 
right? Because they were trying the message, the message around that, the message here is that all police, uh, you know, um, are evil and bad and just want to shoot black people and can't be trusted. And America is systemically racist and our law enforcement is, and we need uh, police, you know, defunding and all that. Rittenhouse was about the fact that certain people can go and burn down businesses and terrorize communities and you better stay at home. You're not allowed to get out. You can't do anything about it. And if you go out in the streets, you're not allowed to defend yourself. So that's what Rittenhouse was about. Um, January 6th, with the, uh, there's breaking news on that. A revolver, ha- revolver has a story out with more evidence about the federal government's involvement. It's very long and lengthy, and I didn't have time to get into it today. I'm going to read that tomorrow. But we know that we're all Michael Flynn now. I said that years ago. I said that if they could, the FBI and the DOJ could be weaponized law enforcement against citizens for their political purposes, if they could do it to somebody within Trump's circle, if they could do it to somebody who was a, who was a three-star, they could do it to you. And that's what January 6th is all about. Well, sure, and they want to keep broadening that net to see how many people... I mean, I, 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 I say, and some people say it's silly but what where do you stop andrea is it eventually going to get to the point okay you voted for trump guess what you were associated with january 6th well then we don't know why a woman uh sharona i think her name is in colorado uh we don't know why the fbi used a battery ram and battered down her front door with her children inside and um, proceeded to cuff her uh, as of right now i saw her on newsmax she has no idea why they did that they've never given her any any reason why wow they searched her home they uh, they uh, um, took devices. She says that they, uh, in order to get her daughter to hand over her daughter's cell phone, that that uh, the FBI agent um, forcefully moved her daughter up and down the stairs by her hoodie that she had, so so her family was manhandled. Um, she was. Uh, there's multiple reasons why she would be considered an extremist uh, terrorist, according to the FBI's definition, because she's been very vocal against school board. She's gone to school board board meetings and spoken out as well as the fact that she's been vocal uh, about the election fraud that took place. So you've got Jane, you know, you've got um, the January 6th is all about the, how dare those people question the outcome of elections and those people are domestic terrorists. And now we've got t- parents being considered domestic terrorists and Kyle Rittenhouse is a domestic terrorist because he dared to exercise his second amendment rights and, and go out in the streets and, the cops now are considered have been considered domestic terrorists for a while. And that's why I don't think it's too far fetched to say, Andrea, eventually, if, if they're not stopped, they're going to get to the point where they say, oh, you voted for Trump. Well, you know what? If it wasn't for your support for Trump, January 6th, that would have never happened. Well, that's actually been in the works because we knew that one of the things the Biden administration had had done recently was that they had hired um, outside uh contractors to create fake accounts to go and scrounge social social media media. and social media to infiltrate groups in particular to try to identify the quote right-wing extremist and their definition of right-wing extremists are those that um, question the outcome of an election are those that think that mega yeah those uh that that people that think the government is too big and intrusive on their lives um so yeah basically maga so we're gonna take a break we come back final segment of tonight's Andrea Keisha. Bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K Show. Connect with the show at ourfreenation.org. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show oh. on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Good thing I have some people here that can make me laugh, even though I'm feeling like 10 miles of bad road here. Um, you know what? I was busting Mansions chops last night. 
saying that I thought it was all a charade. It was just a hoax he was pulling on the people you of, were, of, of pretty West harsh. Virginia. Um, some people are saying now um, that he might be weighing leaving the Democrat Party. Um, you I know, always what? found it interesting. It is interesting. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of like the idea that that even if he is trying to pull the wool over the West Virginians eyes over there, playing a charade on them, that he's that he's, you know, more conservative and more anti BBB build back better than he is. I would love if if he's playing the same charade and mind game on the Democrats. How awesome would that be? Right. Um, and, and so even if this isn't true. The fact that the Democrats think it might be is just so fun. It's so yummy going into Christmas. Um, John Cornyn is saying is talking about this. He says, I don't know what he'll decide to do, but I know West Virginia has gone increasingly red. And he went on to say, we'd love to have him. This would change the majority. And what's great about this is that even if Cornyn doesn't believe that this is for a chance, this it it. it Puts it into the minds of the West Virginians and his voters. Oh, mind games. Which puts which also, so it's a mind game on the West Virginians as well, because think about the position it puts Manchin in. It boxes him in to have to be a little bit more conservative than he even wants to be, because these West Virginians now are like, oh, could he really be coming over to our side, these Republicans? And someone might want to get reelected. Yeah. So it puts the pressure on Manchin. So Cornyn, I'm kind of liking this. Um, oh, what a Christmas present that would be. It would be. But even if it doesn't happen, I'm still loving the mind game that this is. Oh, for sure. On the Democrats, on Manchin, uh, because of the pressure it puts on Manchin, that, that that his voters, the Republicans, and even the the old uh, blue dog Democrats in West Virginia, that they're thinking, oh, he might he might actually switch to the Republicans. And so that's that's a really interesting, good idea there. Um, OK, for tomorrow's show, we've got uh, Elhoff will be back with us for his um, for his weekly, um, you know, bless his heart. He actually agreed to come on once a month and now <laughs> it's every week. But we have to because the inflation is insane. You told me earlier on a break that Jen, somebody's blaming that groceries. Oh, oh, oh. Senator Elizabeth Warren, I kid you not, is blaming food store prices and inflation on food store chains. Right. It's always the evil corporation's fault, right? Even though, and I guess it's, I guess she's also blaming the evil corporations for the fact that the shelves are empty. And why are the shelves empty? Because we've been putting too much, uh, we, we become way too dependent on getting our products from China. Hello. And what's the problem with the supply chain? Uh, you know, oh, I guess that's, that's the grocery store's fault too, that they're, that their shelves are they're, empty. They're just waking up to these epiphanies, Andrea. Yeah. So yeah, you grocery stores, it's your fault too, that I can't get half of the products that I want for. Don't raise the price on my pork. Right. I know. Um, yeah, meat. Somebody was telling me today that she was all excited that she got a, a discount that she, for her prime rib for Christmas, that she was able to get it for $160 instead of over 300 This is where we're at. And you know what? They want us happy. They want us happy that we're spending these kind of high prices, right? Changes, changes our minds and our culture. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow night, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific time for Hub Day. Peace out. And the message said, end of message.